What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. How about... Uh, sir? Hi. Uh, my name is Dr. Emil Helt. I know. I can see your ID tag in your breast pocket. Along with a half-eaten roll of wintergreen lifesavers. You can also see the squad of soldiers in the next room preparing that tranquilizing agent of yours. You won't need it. Sir, you, you, you can't expect us to not take precautions. You could be carrying some kind of alien pathogen. Been here for 33 years, doctor. Haven't infected anyone yet. That you know of. We have legitimate security concerns. Now, you've revealed your identity to Miss Lane over there. Why won't you do the same with us? Let's put our cards on the table here, General. You're scared of me because you can't control me. You don't. And you never will. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Continuing on the DC train today. Kind of starting a new DC train. Yeah, we've uh, we've moved on from there. Let's say the previous DC phase was pretty much limited to Nolan's Batman movies. They were riding the high of that for a bit. I guess in between <laughs> then and now, uh, we also had Green Lantern happening off to the side. They were a little, they were putzing around for a bit, but... Well, this is just like the start of Justice League yeah. attempt number one. The DC cinematic or DC extended universe. Um, yeah. And also it's it's a bit of a bridging the gap from Nolan to Justice League because while Christopher Nolan didn't direct Man of Steel, he was a producer. I think he helped write the script. Um, his company, Syncope, was one of the you know, producing companies on it. So uh, he was kind of, to me, like handing off the reins. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, th- I remember him being involved, but this is our introduction into the Zack Snyder world. Yeah, the Snyderverse, uh, which, you know, I feel like had a lot of ups and downs and now almost nine years, well, probably over nine years since this movie released, um, you now have people clamoring for the Snyderverse to be brought back. And if you told me that was the case six years ago after Batman v Superman came out, I don't think I would have believed you. I'm also like really glad that we watched Spider-Man, Superman 1 and Superman 2 and Superman Returns before doing this because I had seen Superman 1 and Superman 2, I think. I know I'd seen Superman 1. Hadn't seen Superman Returns. Um, it just provided like some context. Yeah, I found myself comparing a lot of the Krypton stuff back to the first movie, even though like what we saw on Krypton in the first one was so limited. Um, it definitely helped to have a reference point, but yeah, not just for that, for pretty much every character that they brought back. Yeah, but I would say especially for that first scene. I mean, I like that this movie followed in that footprint and then extended it. I think it was a little too long. I mean, that's kind of my overall note for this whole movie is 
it's just a little bit too long. But now knowing what we know about Zack Snyder, it makes sense. Yeah, he 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 just loves his his long scenes. I think we we did check the tracking bar, and it was about twenty minutes until we got to Earth. Uh, so we spent a pretty significant amount of time on Krypton. And I agree that it was a little bit too long, but I also thought, you know, spending that much time gave Zod a bit more, like, fleshed-out character, even though, like, we didn't really know much about him. Just, like, knowing what happened there and getting... We got to really sink our teeth into it, which was great. I mean, I could do a whole movie on a prequel. Like, I think doing a Krypton movie with Kal-El and all of them would be... Especially this version of, obviously, not the original. Um... (laughs) Not much there, Get but more like Marlon Brando, you know, what led up to this? Like they, I mean, I think it was like, basically it was climate change all along. Right. <laughs> um, and like how they were able to like destroy the world, how they like switch into this like matrix type of like birthing system, yeah. which I think we'll get into a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was pressed to pick a favorite sequence or part of the movie not just a single scene it would probably be this i mean and now we there's like a i think there's a krypton show on like sci-fi or something is there um that makes it, sense. it might not be around anymore i think it might have only gotten like two seasons before being canceled or i'm just making that up but i don't know how much they explore of it with the show supergirl um and I watched Smallville when I was, like, in middle school and high school, and I don't remember too much, but, like, the stuff we get of, um, like, Clark Kent in Kansas, to me, was, like, very familial to the Smallville vibe in a good way. And it doesn't hurt that Henry Cavill and... Um, Tom Welling. Tom Welling kind of look alike, too. Yeah. Well, they're both, like, the... They look like Christopher Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they... they... We're not trying to, like, you know, change any parameters about how Superman's supposed to look. Um, but I guess kind of same with that first sequence. What um, what did you want to talk about? Um, well, as we talked about making comparisons with the first movie, um, obviously it's, like, the same deal with Krypton kind of being on its way out as a planet, and it's kind of... They've crushed themselves under their own weight of their civilization. But... Not only that, the leaders of Krypton just seem like the worst. Between this and the first one, they're just so stubborn. And it's very real that <laughs> we have Krypton's leading scientist telling the powers that be that things are going horribly wrong. And all they have to say is, we think you're taking this a bit too seriously. And like we'll worry about it later. But they like know. Like they the, just like don't they don't want to do anything, which is very what realistic. Just oh. like everyone knows what's happening. It was definitely worse in the first movie because if I remember correctly, um, Jor El tells them that shit is going wrong, and then the planet explodes. Like minutes later, it feels like like he was. I mean, it's kind of like that in this. They say weeks, but I don't think... It doesn't feel like weeks, but I think he was trying to be like, there's a bit of time that passes here. In the original one, it was like... (laughs) Happening as he was like talking. (laughs) He barely beat them to the punch. Um, It it also reminds me, like, we obviously have this whole birth scene, and like, it's very traumatic. It's kind of similar to... um, 
how they start the Chris Pine Star Trek movie. That's also like a birth scene and his dad dies like as he's being born. Oh, well. Do you remember that? I, I only remember that because uh, isn't it Chris Hemsworth playing his, his dad? dad? Yeah. And that's like but his I first role. I don't role. remember that he was being born in the other. Yeah, the like, mom is like giving birth, and ship. like that's the last thing he hears before he like sacrifices himself. Is that? Oh damn, I don't remember that part. It's been a while though. He has a son, and it's like named after him. Mm. Um, really great. I really like that movie. <laughs> I don't think it counts for this podcast, but not quite. It was good though. Um, I also think so. This is 2013, so it's not like that long ago. But I think the effects hold up really nicely. The ship that they put Zod in, like, and they show it, like, kind of going off into, they call it something else, but basically, like, hyperspace, I guess. Yeah, I forget what their term was, but. Um, I thought that looked really cool, and, like, the technology that they're using on Krypton, it's, like, this definitely looks alien, like, this metal. Yeah. But it does seem, like, futuristic in its own way. Yeah, um, I was, there was something about that specific effect on the Wikipedia page regarding the production. I think they just put a lot of work into designing these systems for Krypton that come off as like super alien, but also recognizable as just like, they're so beyond like our it's well, it's not they even necessarily manipulate. beyond it. It's just different. Yeah. Everything is just different. Um, when well, they clearly use natural resources differently yeah. to a bat, like, I mean, to a degree that they no longer have any natural resources, right. but like those like fine metals, it kind of reminded me of those, um, they're kind of like meditation type, like things that people have on their desk, but the thing with like the needles that you can like put your hand in. Yes. That's, that's what exactly it what I of. thought of. Yes. Um, I mean, I gotta say like for all the issues that I have with not only this movie, but the, the Snyderverse films, or at least the ones that he directed, um, his visuals are really good. And I think they shine the most in this, uh, whether it's the stuff on Krypton or I actually like how, I, I don't think some people were fans, but how he shoots Superman's flying scenes. Um, Where his like feet are like very dainty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice the dainty feet. I mean, strictly like... Um, just like the camera angles and he, he's kind of depicted as like a fighter jet, like the sound barrier breaking and stuff. Uh, I think this is leagues beyond like the Superman flight scenes that we've gotten. Well, before. Yes. obviously Superman one and two, but also for Superman returns, um, we just get like a really good sense of speed and power on it. And dainty feet, I guess. Well, he, he kind of just like does it. He looks like kind of like a dancer. Like where they're, <laughs> I mean, this is not a visual medium, but. He's going on point. Yeah, kind of. Um, and then when Zod does it, he kind of does a similar thing. I think it's just because they're trying not to look like they're on rope. Right. So they're trying to be as still as possible. So it just looks like they're being yeah. lifted up by their own uh, petard or whatever. <laughs> just kidding. Um, maybe Zod. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about the Matrix Helix Natch birth situation yeah. a little bit. Did you have any thoughts? Um, I mean, my first note on it, I was just like, why are the babies underwater? <laughs> I completely forgotten about that I had totally forgotten about it. I've only seen this movie once, um, and I had watched it back to back with the Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. So, you know, I had watched about four hours worth, no, five hours yeah. worth of Zack Snyder movies. And by the end of 
Batman v Superman, I was so tired and just done that I think this movie just got deleted from my memory. Well, I saw it in theaters twice. That's a dedicated And fan. then saw it at home at least once or twice. And then uh, seen it now. And didn't I did not remember the baby thing. Definitely had a crush on Henry Cavill. Um, yeah, who doesn't? So... Um, I liked this movie when it came out, and then, like, I just remember saying it to somebody, like, at college, because this was, like, I guess when we were in college, and everyone was like, that was, like, a bad movie, and I was like, I, I didn't think so, and I still don't think it's a bad movie. <laughs> People were just like, Molly, that movie was bad. You're well, remembering it wrong. No, they were all just like, you know, that movie sucked. People, women only like it because they think Henry Cavill is cute. And I was like, I definitely went because I thought Henry Cavill was cute. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, but I I think it holds up as a good movie, a really good, um, like, intro movie. Yeah. I mean, of Zack Snyder's three movies, this is the best one. And I'm I'm including the, the Zack Snyder's Justice League version, obviously. Um, but this tells the best story. It does no lifting with building a cinematic universe. Almost. There's like two things. There's like a Wayne Enterprises logo and a LexCorp logo. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't notice either. You pointed out the LexCorp things. Yeah. On a truck. And that's all it does. There's no like teasers. They're not trying to bring in other stuff. And I think. But it could be part of another world. Easily. Right. It could be. And it's like. It, you could say, like, Iron Man would have been exactly the same thing if it didn't have the Nick Fury post credit scene. And I think Batman v Superman was really hamstrung by its attempts to, like, set up things for Justice League. So I think not doing that for the first movie was a really good call. And I think this movie is better for it. Yeah, definitely. But um, I forgot. I was, like, on a little tangent away from the whole natural birth thing, which no, I wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah. talk about. Um, so I had also forgotten about it, though, and I was like, why are we doing this? And, like, my first notes were, like, this is dumb. Like, everything else seemed cool on Krypton. Why are we doing this? And then, like, as the movie continues and as we get more information on it, one, I just think it's cool that Superman is already different on his own planet for having, like, basically free will, yeah. which is, like, a subtle theme in Superman's story is like this idea of free will and like feeling obligated to save earth, even though he's not from earth um, and how he like makes that decision. Um, but then they also going back to Zod. Cause like, I think you're right. Like giving all this background makes Zod a much more interesting baddie. And like, I was going to talk about this at the end, but I guess I'll just talk about it now. Is like the idea of this, um, whatever weird helix matrix birth is that each of those babies are born with a specific purpose. Like their job has already been determined. There's a set number of kryptonite humans or whatever that are going to be born. Um, and that they're all already ready to go. Um, and that Zod's purpose is, as he says, to defend what did, what did the people of Krypton? Kryptonians. Kryptonians. Um, and that just makes his like whole mission so interesting and like why he's never going to give up. And same with Jor-El, he's never going to give up his plight because like his job is, you know, this scientist role. So I, don't know, I just think that's a really interesting concept that they, again, could play a lot with in a prequel. Oh, yeah. I mean. And I don't know if that's like to the comic. I assume there is a comic that talks about this. Probably. I could not tell you. 
I don't know anything about Superman comics. But, yeah, I mean, the choice to depict Krypton, which I feel like is sometimes depicted as, like, this lost, um, like, utopia, kind of, which is, like, part of the, the tragedy of its loss. It's so much different in this interpretation. It's like, this place was fucked. Like, environmentally... Like, culturally, like, yeah, there's no... Everyone is just kind of forced into their little, little categories. Like, is it even worth saving? It's very almost. sci-fi. Yeah, it's, it's super, super sci-fi. sci-fi. Um, and I think we just got, like, this tiny glimpse of it. And, and I don't necessarily think we needed more. Um, but it, it was just, like... I, it was something that I totally forgot about in, like, the context of the movie. So I'm was glad re-watching it, getting that... I think it makes it a better movie, like having all of those layers um, for Clark, for Jarrell, for um, Zod. Absolutely. Because I had a note that I was like, well, we really get to the point with Zod. Like he shows up so early and the scene where he like walks into the room is the first time we are introduced to him. Of course, like if you've seen the old movies or even not, I knew who Zod was without having seen Superman 2 just because the kneel before Zod line was so iconic. Um, but they do a really good job of like kind of setting up his motivations in tandem with the audience meeting him, which is pretty impressive. And as the movie goes on, we get more and more of that, which is nice. And also like Michael Shannon, I think does a great job, but I don't know what's up with the bangs. Oh God, the haircut. It's really bad. It's really bad. I don't know if they were trying to It's not to a military for, haircut. No, it's not. I was going to say, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I was like, <laughs> who did the hair for this? Do they know that you're, you can't do that? They should have just like buzzed his head if they wanted to go with like that kind of aesthetic. Um, and we get like a very small part of Lara, Lara. Lara, I think. Um, and I was like, she looks kind of familiar. And it turns out it's a Marvel crossover. Uh, yes. It is Vanessa from Daredevil, of course. Um, I just love that actress. Y- yeah. She's just so like, charismatic or something. There's something about her. Yeah, she's yeah, she just has like this cool vibe, which, I mean, she was perfect as Vanessa, and she was good in this, even though yeah. she's barely in it. Like, uh, I wonder what her purpose is. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have recognized her if you hadn't said anything, though, which... Something about her just seemed yeah. familiar. I also really liked her as Vanessa yeah. when we watched Daredevil, so maybe that's how I was just like studying. I also face. had like a fun that had like a fun crossover with another one of the facts that I had found, which is that Matthew Vaughn, who directed the Kingsman movies, among other things, um, he was attached to a Superman movie at one point. It might have been this one. It might have been just some concept that they had before they settled on Man of Steel. But he had suggested Charlie Cox, who, of course, plays Matt Murdock as Superman because he had done the movie. um, Oh, crap. Why did I forget the name? I think Sunshine was the name of the movie. Um, He was he had started that. And I think he was like, oh, this guy would be a good pick. Obviously, that did not come to fruition, but. I don't. I can't picture that now. No. Also, he's too like he's, scrawny. They could have made it work if they had really. If someone had been like, "This is the guy." Yeah. I mean, I I think he's a good enough actor, but he's so much to me just Daredevil now that I can't see it either. 
Oh, and the movie that he had been in for uh, Matthew Vaughn was actually Stardust. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that movie. I haven't seen it. Me neither. I got to say, I understand that Jor-El is, like, a genius, leading scientist of Krypton. But, like, my man, if Zod kicks in your door, you're already sending your son off planet. This, this planet is already in motion. Krypton is doomed. You don't have to answer his question about what your plan is. Right. You don't have to tell him what that you doing. had a son that has free will. You could be like, no, we're just like, we're, we're just sending a package, I don't know, <laughs> to another planet. Like, don't worry about it, man. Um, yeah, it's like a bad guy speech. Like, you're giving away your whole plan. Yeah, like, this could have been avoided. I mean, I, I have a feeling that Zod, you know, being on a mission and intense enough would have been able to find him anyway at some point. But I feel like it would have taken a lot longer. And... I just, I don't know why he did that. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, that the Krypton being destroyed is what broke the technology linked to their their prison sentence or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was good because I forgot how that worked. You know, they're not in that ice cube. That's what like I said. Uh, uh, a f- like ever flip-flopping 2D dimension in like a diamond. Oh, yeah, that's what it was, a diamond. What a... What a great effect that was. <laughs> no, this was this is really cool. It reminds me of um how Hela gets out of prison in Thor Ragnarok because Odin's power is no longer there to keep her in. Mm, yeah. All right, so then we get um we get a spaceship landing in Kansas. Of all places, I mean, pretty safe. Only damaged some corn. And uh, I just have a note that Diane Lane, we just don't deserve her. She's so good. She really is. Like, she's just bringing it for this. She's like the perfect Martha. Oh, my gosh. Do not mess with his mommy. Do not. You cannot. No, she's she's really great. And Kevin Costner is good in this, too. Yeah, I also had a parentheses. I guess um, Kevin, too. LOL. LOL indeed. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we get that like school scene. We get to see what it's like for him to be in this other place and like adapting and how Diane Lane just understands what he needs and talks him through it. Honestly, though, like mom of the year. Also, young Clark, like seeing him like kind of learn all of this stuff is really interesting, but like before this, I'd never really considered, like, all of the, the sensory overload stuff. Like, I thought that was a really interesting thing to dive into. Because, like, obviously, you could get a lot of material just out of him being, like, an alien. And, like, not fitting in and just that in general and, like, being treated as an outcast. But, you know, when you actually think about, like, how much <laughs> he's processing at a given time, it's absolutely insane and going back to daredevil again we do get like a little bit of that like matt as a kid has to like learn how to like filter stuff out obviously it's not on the same scale that's he's just hearing stuff he's not also seeing x-ray vision through everybody has eyes that can turn into lasers right and I think they deal with this in Smallville, although he's older at that point. He's in high school. But I want to say there's, like, a plot where he, like, wants to play football, but he can't because he's just, like, 
better yeah. than everyone. But I, I can't remember if that's true or not. I could be conflating it with another story. It, this really did make me want to go back and watch some of Smallville. I remember really liking it as a kid. Don't know if it holds up. It's an ABC family show. <laughs> I mean, how... Was it, like, effects-heavy? I don't even know the nature of... Like, was there fighting? Um, yeah, but it was, like, high school. So, like, they kept it... And it was, like... It was basically a CW show. Actually, it might have been a CW show. They just played it on mm. ABC Family. Yeah. So it's, like, that level of effects. Precursor. To- and he has, like, three love interests, including Alois Lane and Chloe and... Lana. Yeah. And I think they make a mention of Lana on the school bus here, but um, I wish I did remember more of it because I want to keep referencing. And, oh, and they have a great Lex. That's my favorite Lex Luthor of all time is from Smallville, as I mentioned already. Yeah. Um, that was Michael Rosenbaum, right? I think that's his name. I don't know. Yeah. I I like that guy's Lex. I feel like I've seen like a couple clips from Smallville with him in it and he's good. I think he has a podcast. I believe that. Um, but I also think the actors that play young Clark are really good. They look so much like... Yeah. Um, what's his name? Henry. Henry, yeah. Yeah, really good casting. Um, also, we get a moment in the school bus scene um, where a bully calls Clark, and I had to think about this one for a little bit, Dick Splash. Where have you landed? I'm, I am up in the air. I have not landed. I don't know what the hell that means. I've never heard it before. Well, I don't know who's responsible for writing this. Like, was it Christopher Nolan? Did he get called that as a kid and it stuck with him ever since? I got a lot of questions. But it's okay because he redeems himself. And he works at IHOP now. Yeah. He he works the shit at that IHOP. Um, and we get this whole, like, basically back and forth with, Kevin Costner and him basically the question of you know is it worth saving all these people if you're going to be put on display and his dad firmly believes that he should keep his powers quiet even if that means people might die Mm -hmm. and it's it's his own way of protecting Clark but we're all like Kevin Costner come on it's not with great power comes great responsibility no, it's it's like, with with great power comes keeping your head down so no one pays attention to comes you. great disguises. Yeah, I think um, I was looking up a bit of stuff about the tornado sequence, which comes in a bit to get people's thoughts on it, because I think it was a very um, divisive thing to include. And I think some people are kind of like not great with the Ken's depiction in this movie because I guess in the original interpretations, like they were very supportive of him. I think they are supportive, but like they're not. Pa Kent is not doing what he's doing in this movie. I think some people took offense to like being like, you need to like hide yourself. And I think that also his death frustrated a lot of people and how it played into that. I think that's really like why people are upset. Otherwise it wouldn't really be a thing. Yeah, I think it works, though, with the story that they're telling and about, again, and I think it's really subtle, but this theme of free will and, like, that's Kevin Costner being like, this is my choice. Like, I don't want you to risk yourself just to save me. Like, I made my choice. And, like, 
Clark is like, I also made my choice and didn't do it. I listened to him and now I have to live with that. And I don't want to live with that again. So I'm not going to make that choice again. So I think it works. I, yeah, I don't know if it's accurate to the comic, but um, I don't think that it means that his dad isn't supportive. I think he's like, he understands who his son is and understands the world and is like, this world isn't ready for you. I mean, that's that's what he keeps saying. Yeah, and, and I do think he's right. Well, we learn that he's right in Justice League right. or whatever. And it would have been worse if it had happened. Or Batman versus Superman. Even earlier. Because I think when when Pa Kent, I don't remember his first name, is it? It's Kevin Costner. When Kevin Costner <laughs> dies, I think we're supposed to believe that Clark is like a teenager. Like a late teenager, maybe. Even though, yeah. to me, he looks fully well, yeah, in his they 20s. Have, uh, um, Henry but, Cavill doing his open-mouthed <laughs> acting, <Yeah. laughs> which is great, but he does a lot of full-mouth open <laughs> yelling in this movie. He does. Um, and we have Amy Adams on the screen. Yeah. Is that where you are? Um, I had one note before it, which is there's a scene where Clark is like working at a truck stop slash diner. Oh, yeah. Slash so bar. Girlfriend. I guess more of a bar than a diner. Yeah. Left her in the dust. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Chloe. But, you know, he's he's being antagonized by some drunkard who's trying to fight him, and it's not going well. But he doesn't retaliate. Well, not to his not, face. Not to the guy. Not inside. But he does impale this guy's 18-wheeler truck onto a bunch of power lines. And I just kind of want to know where that went for the trucker. Like what he then became. Just not even that. Just like, what do you do? Is he going to call his insurance company? Yeah, maybe he's, it he's was not, a quick tornado that came through. No one noticed it. No one heard that truck being pushed onto. Them. That guy's going to think about that for the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, aliens. Superman shows up on TV and he's like, God damn it. Aliens and he wouldn't be wrong. Nope. But uh, Yes. Onto Lois Lane. We had that interlude. <laughs> um, do you want to say like kind of how that's introduced? She arrives, I think, is it what? Just somewhere in the Canada. Arctic? Or is it Canada? She okay. says it's Canada because that's how she's allowed to be there or something. Right. Somewhere near an, an ice shelf um, because an interesting object has been uncovered deep in the ice. I forget how... Old, they it's say Captain. It spoiler: It's Captain America. Yes, and this this movie is set. What they say? It's twenty thousand years old. So yeah, it, this movie is set twenty thousand years after Captain America, and it's a very confusing <laughs> crossover. Well, I was confused by this. I was like, "What's twenty thousand years old?" Like, I thought this was something that came when Clark came, but then they they do explain it. Right. A lot of things I wrote questions about, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I was like, "Oh, they they ten, actually ten did a good later. job." They, <laughs> They did a very good job of explaining all of the holes that I thought they were creating. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great intro to Lois Lane. I agree. Actually, I think she peaks here. Like, this is her best scene. And then I think a lot of the rest of the Lois stuff is not that great. Well written. Yeah. Like, she becomes just, like, another Diane Lane for Clark. Like, I wish that she had more of this, like, are we done with this dick measuring contest? Like, she's so punchy in this right. first scene. And then, like, not. And then as soon as she, like, meets Clark, she, like, melts. And, like, 
I don't know if Amy Adams is the person I would have cast in this role also. Like the woman that plays, which I don't know if everyone liked her, or at least I know your mom doesn't, um, in the original movie, um, (laughs) who I do like, but she's really sassy and like snappy and like doesn't put up with shit. I mean, she also falls for Clark, or not for Clark, for Superman, but... um, Margot Kidder. Yeah. I think it would have been more suited to have someone a little bit more snappy, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better word. And Amy Adams is so gentle, which works really well for like what they use her for. But I would say it's we need a little bit more balance. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is definitely her best scene. And I feel like she gets a bit more of that in Batman v Superman. Oh, I think it's worse version. in Batman Well, I mean, like when she's like, the whole thing with like Jimmy Olsen and stuff is like interesting, at least. That, that's an annoying scene. Yeah, okay, never mind. That was kind of that <laughs> for was kind of everyone bad. involved. Um, but I agree. I I I like Amy Adams, and I think I'm not. I, I do too. I think she's a great actress. But I think we could have used a bit of a different character or a different interpretation and better writing. Yeah. Uh, this this scene was good though. Margot Kidder, um, she was great, but she was also kind of dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they really leaned into, like, no one knows who Clark Kent is, and it made her come off as such a dumbass. But it's so funny. When like she fo- When she jumps into the water, which I know is, like, when uh, she actually, like, figures it out. She baits him into... No, she doesn't. He, like, Wait. he sneaks oh. in. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Never mind. Um, but, yeah, her, like, being repulsed by Clark is so funny to me. Yeah. Like... This is the worst person. <laughs> um, anyway, I like that Lois has feelings for Clark just as much as she has feelings for Batman. Yeah. And um, this was just like a, a cool plot device to have them be in the same place at the same time. Just the Kryptonian ship. Oh, I right. I think it's cool. And I guess he just like has a feeling yeah, that it's this. He kind of keeps his ear to the ground. I guess so. Yeah, that's a little like I guess there's just some sort of connection there. Yeah, I don't know, but and I had forgotten that Russell Crowe, despite getting murked early in the movie, gets to hang out for a bit as the ship AI. I, I mean, he ends up being in all the movies. Yeah. Wait. They bring him back, don't they? Um, I thought they do this whole like shadow thing later. In which one? Do you I remember? I don't know. Justice League. I know there's like a flashback with uh. Kevin Costner. He there must be a, a I thought there was when they bring back Superman. I thought there was like a Jor-El thing then, but maybe not. There might be. We'll find out in a couple weeks. I think you're, I think you're probably right. No, we're not rewatching Justice League. No, well maybe if it's in Batman v Superman. Okay. Um so the 20,000 years things is like this outpost where they were trying to like save natural resources by just stealing them from other planets, I guess, <laughs> or something. I wasn't really clear on that, but basically something where they are, there are these all over the galaxy. Yeah. I think they're just getting a little desperate. I, I'm assuming that if, you know, this scout ship hadn't ended up buried under a bunch of ice, they would have gone back to Krypton and be like, we can't take stuff from this planet because it's, well, it was 20,000 years old, so maybe they would have just it was sapped, sapped Earth dry if they could. I don't know. Because um, I thought it was like, the reason I was like, this doesn't make sense 20,000 years was that I thought it was Zod 
Zod and his crew oh. and that they had found that ship. And I was like, that seems odd. I was like, well, maybe like the technology just looks like it was like, for, I don't know. I was like trying to make it make sense, but then they explain it. Yeah. Um, but there's like dead bodies on this. Like, are those Kryptonians? I think so. See, I thought they were like, we planted these outposts for whenever we needed them. And then they like came back to Krypton. But I guess it was like more, not nefarious, but like it wasn't successful, these like trips. This did not seem to go as planned. Okay. I think they just, despite all their technology, somehow this ship ended up breaking down or just getting stuck. And all those people got stuck in it and couldn't leave and... Presumably just like starved to death or something. Um, so they like he talks to Jorel, flies the ship, leaves Lois behind, but like saves her life. Yeah. Classic but, um, Superman bit. Everybody knows that Kryptonian drones don't like the flash on. They have a strict no flash photography policy. Um, and so then this puts Lois in the same position as OG Lois, and she's like, oh, my mystery man. Like, I need to find <laughs> out who this is. Um, and so she's, like, tracking him down. And I think one thing that they do really cool, and then they go back to the original at the very end of this movie, but they don't do, like, the whole Clark Kent disguise. It's more that he's staying anonymous, mm-hmm. like, this whole time. Um, and this is obviously, like, his origin story. So, like, once he's established as Superman, then he uses his Clark Kent disguise, which I guess is what they're implying at the end of this movie. Um, but I like that they did this whole, like, he's anonymous, he uses these different names, and he kind of just... It's kind of like the Aquaman thing. Yeah, and it's it's way more believable, uh, his anonymity. <laughs> and it gives, like, Lois a bit of a fun mystery to try and solve. Yeah, and we get to see, like, what he was doing, how he's established himself as an adult using his powers but not being Superman. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, And then, like, so at this point in the movie, we're just kind of getting some, like, broad strokes. I feel like we've we've established what's happening, and this is, like, pre-Zod getting to the planet. But yeah. I think we've checked in with Zod. We know he's, like, out there. Yeah, he's looming. Um. And I was just kind of thinking that, and maybe it's just because we just saw the Batman, but this movie feels like it could share a world with the Batman world more than like how they established like Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, And part of it is like how things are like colored. Like this movie kind of puts this... um, like filter over it where it's like everything's kind of dulled. It's extremely dreary. Yeah. I think some people hated that. Well, I don't love it, but I think it complements the dreariness and like the, again, like the gradient that they put on the Batman. Yeah. And I could see these two being in the same world together. And like, I had this other thought when like, I guess Superman like turns himself in, in a little bit. And he's, like, sitting in the interrogation room, like, in his outfit. And I was like, oh, this feels like that awkward feeling that we had during the Batman where Robert Pattinson is, like, in this outfit. And it's, like, everyone else is, like, we all see this guy wearing a cape, right? Like, yeah, totally. And so I I don't think it's obviously on purpose, but I think that these these could have complemented each other really well. Now I'm trying to see Henry Cavill Superman and Robert Pattinson Batman. Well, and having a young Batman could have been really interesting. Like, I, I like what they do with the Ben Affleck one where it's like, 
I'm old enough to know that this is bad news. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that Robert Pattinson's Batman is like young and kind of naive and could be looking up to him and then change and be like, I looked up to you. I thought that you were going to be great for this world. And then you weren't. And like what an irrational Batman would do in response to Superman could be interesting. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, man. I did not connect the two. I, I had notes about how gray this movie is, but that's just like Zack Snyder's thing. Yeah. Um, Which obviously like Batman versus Superman is great too, but like we don't get a standalone Ben Affleck Batman. So I don't know if I would have made that comparison then. No, too. I, I do wonder. I, I, that's, that's one of my big, uh, what ifs. Yeah. I think that's just, that's Zack Snyder's thing. And it was a, a bold roll of the dice to get him for a Superman movie. I think, um, especially to like start a cinematic universe. Uh, but we can, we can talk about that more later. Um, also like what, as soon as he gets off the ship and ditches Lois, um, we get like the scene where he flies for the first time, which is pretty cool. Is yeah. He like, he learns how to do it when he's right after that he leaves the ship. Cause he doesn't fly when he's like doing that cargo ship and it's like on fire. I don't think so. Oh, he just falls into the water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, this is, he didn't, I don't think he knew he could fly. He does his dainty Maybe feet. he's tried to, he's tried to jump. That was in, uh, was that in Superman Returns? Or the original one where he's like jumping through the cornfields? I think Superman Returns, but I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that scene. But this is really cool. I mean, I already said earlier, I like the visual uh, design of his flying and the sound design and stuff all come together to be really cool. I think it shines better here than when it's being used in the fight scenes against Zod later because then it gets a little too busy with everything else going on. Yeah. But here, it's really cool. And then when, like, Zod learns how to fly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then then it just gets real messy. I mean, I think that's what he was going for, but I just really like it here. I think this is where it shines the most. My next note is on the tornado thing. And something that I also read about when I was looking this up is apparently... You don't want to be under an underpass or under an overpass during a tornado. Because it could just fall on top of you. I think not only that, but it acts as like a wind tunnel. So the winds get like amplified as they pass through that passage. So what are you supposed to do? I don't know. Probably like stay in your car. Probably not stay in your. Well, actually, maybe. I don't know if it were me. If I was in that in that exact location where they were, I would just like lay in a ditch. I think you are supposed to lay in a ditch. Because there's like those little drainage ditches on the side of the road. I think that's where I would go. And just, uh, you know, just dig into the ground maybe. Yikes. I Very mean, scary. I wouldn't fault anyone for thinking it. I probably would have. Well, they seem like they know because they're from Kansas. Yeah, I mean, there's no other cover for miles in either direction, presumably. And I know people don't like this scene for a multitude of reasons, which some of which we already talked about. But I don't, I don't dislike it. I think it was a... It needs to happen for his character. And a lot of people, I think, kind of wish they would have just redone how he died in the original, which is just kind of like, was it just a heart attack? It was it was a heart attack or something of that nature. And I think the lesson in that movie was just kind of like, you can't save everyone. Yeah. Like some things are just out of your control. Um, and I don't think they wanted to retread the same ground again. But I also wonder, like, what if people would have had a better takeaway 
from what this movie was trying to say and what, you know, what they were trying to do with Kevin Costner's character if they had gone in that route instead. But I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I um, I mean, I remember being really sad and being like, wow, this was like a pointless death. But I, especially now watching it, I think it works for yeah. the reasons I kind of said earlier. And then you also get some people being like, did he have to die to save a dog? Right. Well, that <laughs> honestly bothered me the most, but I don't want to be the dog hater on this podcast. Right. But I think they could have had it be like a kid. A baby. Yeah. Well, he does save a kid first and then. Some save the kid. Or save the dog first. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) When you put your life on the line for the dog. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to be the anti-dog person either, but like, that's probably not worth it. You you had some years ahead of you, bud. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry to the dog. (laughs) Um, Most of my next stuff is all like military, Lois, Zod ship, all that fun stuff. So I kind of stopped taking notes at one point. Yeah, I'm going to be real with you. I only have three notes for the entire movie after this. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I had a couple side notes, but... Were you I can, sucked into the plot? I kind of was. And, I, yeah, I, I just found myself, like, watching it <laughs> solely more than taking notes. But um, I will try to still provide some discussion leading somehow. Well, so where I'm at is... So Zod has, like, gone into the computer or the tvs and has made his threats which i do that is, that was pretty spooky very mandarin you know <laughs> um and then uh superman decides to like turn himself in quote unquote and they already have lois they've like kid- the military has kidnapped lois lane and so they both go onto Zod's ship and they want to like basically check them out figure out what's going on Zod has his own like plan for well one he wants to get back at Jarrell and then he also wants to retrieve this brain mind thing yeah basically all of the genetics I guess of Kryptonian which we find it's revealed that Jarrell like put that into the cells of baby Kal-El Clark um and I'm just like what is the goal there like is he supposed is this literally like you're the only one left on the earth and now you have to repopulate like is he supposed to be making babies or are they supposed to retrieve that from his cells um i don't think they're (laughs) counting on clark to make all the new kryptonians i i assumed uh because they like took his blood right yeah i assumed they have some sort of cloning process yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, um, I mean, I'm sure that's been explored in the comics, like making more Kryptonians from his cells or Somebody, whatever. at least one supervillain has to have tried. But then like, what does that mean for him? Is that like, is his purpose to like carry on everyone else's purpose from Krypton? Like, is he affected by those cells? I guess. I don't know. Or by that, whatever it's called, the brain thing. Which is like basically it's, it's, a skull. It seems like he's not. Yeah, I it don't seems like that. he's not, but he's the prototype for all the people that Zod wants to create who would be beholden to it. He also, it's probably part of the reason that Zod was so pissed. Yeah. He also hands off his like little key to his dad's like voice or whatever to Lois at this point. 
And Lois, like, boldly just puts it into the ship and is yeah. like, I'm going for it. Waste and no like, time. Good job. But, like, I don't, I would have been freaked out. I'm like, do I do this? Do I not? Is this the right thing? Like, how many ways could this kill me? I, I need to, like, but, like, what else are you going to do? I know. She's only it's got. Either, it's either you do it or you just sit around with it in, like, a drawer somewhere for the rest of your life. Yeah, well, uh, this, like, makes her, I guess, valuable to the military because she's just, like, on the military's missions they for keep, the rest of the movie. They keep bringing her in, and they're, like, not putting her in, like, at least give her, like, a bulletproof vest. I know. They just got her, like, sitting on the back of the plane. I'm like, this is not safe. Yeah, everyone else on that plane died except for her. Yeah, and she just, like, well, she she didn't even, did she fall out or yes. did she jump out? She fell. Yeah, she just happened to fall out. Well, not like, just happened. Like, the plane was crashing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we get a couple of, like, fights. Of each one, I'm like, oh, is this the final fight? And I'm like, oh, wow, they didn't really do a big fight. And then I was like, oh, wait, never mind. And then they do, like, three more with Zod. I would say maybe one too many Zod interactions. Yeah, it's I – don't, I don't know. I mean, I think they were really happy with their Zod, so they wanted to showcase him and, like – showcase kind of like how he like evolves his fighting as he goes against Superman more. But like, I mean, we also had, um, what's her name? The like second in command. Feora or something. Um, and I really liked seeing her fight scenes were really cool when she's like zipping around, but yeah, there's, there wasn't a lot of variety in it. Um, like visually either. They really, they really messed up Smallville. Oh, yeah. Well, what about New they're, York? They're never going to, well, Smallville first. I was like, they're never going to recover from this. Like, there's there can't not be a lot going on out here, and you've just destroyed, like, four of the five businesses on Main Street Smallville, man. And that was all Feyor is doing, too. Although, I think... Did Clark put somebody through a gas station to start things off, or was that later on? He kicks yeah, someone he through a like gas station. Yeah, he like grabs Zod because he's like, "You hurt my mommy, <laughs> Martha." Uh, but also, as part of all of that, um, the Kryptonian like military suits that Zod and them are wearing are really cool. Like, I like the design of their helmets with like the transparent like rebreather kind of things. Just really cool design, and it kind of loses its cool factor to me later when Zod is basically just, like, fighting Superman in his, what appears to me to be his long john underwear. His pajamas. Yeah. He doesn't have a cape, you know? It, that's the problem, was the lack of cape. Um, I think that they are, like, really epic fights, especially, like, the last one, the second to last one in New York with the machine and everything, the like. New York. Oh, yeah. Metropolis. Metropolis. I, I don't know if they ever call it that. Yeah. They might refer to it as that, but yeah. Um, But I was just like, yikes. They are destroying the city, and we make fun a little bit of Batman and Batman v Superman being, like, all high and mighty about, like, what we talk, what we also talk about in Avengers, too. Like, yeah. what is the toll of, like, being a superhero and, like the collateral damage. Right. 
And it was like cringy watching it in this. I think it's it's a lot more effective in this than it is in Age of Ultron, just because of like the tone yeah. of this movie. It's like a lot more believable that like these people are like getting like, like thousands of people are dying right buildings now. Buildings are collapsing. Like when they have their fight and they're just like in this cl- like bombed out circle in the middle of the city. It's like the size of Central Park. I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Like I don't like watching it. I and I hadn't noticed it, I guess, as much. Like now it's hard to enjoy a good superhero fight because you're just thinking about like all those people. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm not fully convinced that they knew what the plan was going to be for Batman v Superman because obviously we get like this very extended fight sequence and they are destroying a lot and we are seeing that from the ground level with Perry and the other guys from the Daily Planet. Um, but the movie ends with Superman like on good terms with everybody, kind of. Like, you know, he, he takes down a military drone and they don't try to kill him for it. He's just like, eh. Well, he's like, not in good terms of the government because like, they're like, well, collateral damages are bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I just mean like, it doesn't seem like public like, opinion. Right. We don't really get that. And it's not until like they put out the trailers for Batman v Superman and you're like, oh, like we're going to actually address that. Because <laughs> right. I feel like they could have easily just done like Man of Steel 2. And it's like, ta-da, Metropolis has been miraculously put back together and don't worry about it. It's just a superhero movie. I'm kind of fine with that. Like well, I we get talked so about this in the Age of Ultron of episode. Yes, I'm tired of it. And like, you know, they started it with Incredibles, you know? Yep. And I just, I liked it in Incredibles. I don't want to keep doing it in every superhero franchise. I, think, I understand why you need to at a certain point. But I think we're past it. I think they both got that out of their systems in the year 2016. And now we're not really seeing that anymore. Well, I think it Marvel definitely did because of the snap. Like yeah. the it doesn't ultimate, matter anymore. Like yeah. Yeah, like the ultimate collateral damage kind of, but um, but it ends like with a brutal murder of Zod. Like he snaps his neck. Yep. And like he's no Batman. Nope. <laughs> Some people also had a problem with that because it's treated as like a big like moral thing for him to be like, don't do it. When people are like, Superman's never really had a policy on that. He will he will wreck your shit. But I don't I, mind that he kills Zod, but I thought that was like it was brutal. Rough. And the, the way that I like to interpret it is because we have no you know, there's there's nothing that's been set up that is like I have for, for Clark to have a moral quandary over this besides just like the normal like I don't really want to murder somebody. Yeah. But they haven't leaned into being like, I won't do it. So the idea that he is trying so hard to not kill him is because like, it's the last of the Kryptonians that we're dealing with here. Right. And killing Zod effectively means like the, like Zod says it over and over again. Like we are the legacy of Krypton and like, just help me. Like I'm trying to rebuild Krypton. And you know, I think he's been hearing that even though he knows Zod is wrong. It's still, yeah, it's his only people. It's his only connection right. to his The whole home. time he's like, these have to be the other Kryptonians. Right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like if Great Britain was destroyed and the only Great Britain left was, like, everyone in Australia in prison. <laughs> 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 no offense, Australians. <laughs> oh, it's got to be. That's, okay. 
that's basically what we're dealing with here. That's a perfect analogy. No further questions. No notes. Um, I did have a note for the movie. And one thing that I wish they had done from the old ones that they didn't do. So they, they have him be weak when he's like on the Kryptonian ship. He like has to reacclimate his body to basically adjusting to Krypton. But they don't have like the kryptonite that is his kryptonite. Yeah. Like that's where we get that term from. And I want that. I need a little green gem that's going to be his weakness, which I guess uh, Superman or Batman creates. He creates like those pellets or whatever in Justice League. I think he finds it. Yeah, he does. But they could have said it Well, up he this. gets it from Lex, doesn't he? Right. Yeah, because he has... He has like Zods. I don't know. Yes, but he he they gets a hold some of it somehow. They have some ship or something. I don't know. I they must have just been like, we're not doing this again. We're not doing it. In but this then movie. they did. Yeah. I don't like the way they did it. Actually, they like had to like make it. I just want that little rock, you know. Yep. Just a nice a green one. A nice obviously. innocent emerald looking rock. It's um, the doom of him. And then I'm like iffy. To like leaning towards that, I do like it. The whole Clark Kent thing at the very end, like I definitely do like it, but I also like the anonymous, yeah, thing from the beginning. Because it, do you want to say how it, like it ends with him? Right. So we're, I think we'll probably fill in like a gap or two here. But at the, at the end of the movie, um, you know, Martha is like, "What are you gonna do with your time? Because like you're you're Superman now. Like you're gonna be busy." No um, one's paying you to be Superman. Right. Like, maybe you'll go get some sponsorships or something. But he's like, I'm going to do something with my life. And I'm going to get a job. And I'm going to do, I'm going to have a job where I can, like, help people. Keep kinda. an or eye keep on my, Lois. Keep my, keep my ears to the ground. So he uh, saunters on over to the Daily Planet, which I guess he, he, he moves out of Smallville, which must have broken Martha's heart. But he can just fly home. It's fine. Um, walks in and is introduced by Perry or it is Perry. Yeah. It's not Doug from house of cards hitting on the interns that introduces oh, him. Doug. Um, but he's introduced as Clark Kent and he's decked out in his, his, his glasses. glasses and uh, a button up shirt, which is pretty much the Clark Kent outfit, which again, he does look different in those glasses. He does. He does. I mean, it's, it's there, but they do have, Lois like recognizes him, well, of course, of course, but but plays along, yes. which is like a fun take on it. Yes, and it was a good ending to the movie. It it felt a little out of place with how like the rest of it was. Well, also yeah, they're just like in their building working. I'm like, your building got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, like it's gone. It it seems like there was some sort of schism where we go from like this the the ultra Zack Snydery take on everything and then it ends like we've just been watching like a comic book movie. Right. And I'm like, okay. I I guess we could have it both ways. I exactly. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, this is really campy and corny, but I love that it's campy and corny, but I also liked all this other stuff that was being done. Right. Yeah, they just couldn't I don't know. It it felt like they it, it seems like they gave Zack Snyder, a pretty long leash for this movie. But then at some point where they're like some sort of future planning, they're like, you have to have him be Clark Kent. He's got to be working at the Daily Planet. I don't 
I mean, I don't know how like much of a leash it was. I feel like it was a pretty standard classic Superman story. Like as we said, it follows a lot of the same tropes. I just meant like tone, I guess. Yeah. Not like the story that was told. Yeah, I agree. It's just like it is a very Zack Snyder-ish take on it. Um, like in terms of like tone and the visuals and stuff. I mean, I meant that more than anything else. But um, yeah, I don't know. That could have just been his call too. It's like I want to end it on this like more classic Superman feel. Yeah. What do you think about Henry Cavill? Um, th- what I realized by the end of this was like I haven't really been I haven't gotten much off of him. Like it feels like he's not. Despite this being a Superman movie, to me, I'm like I'm not getting that much out of Henry Cavill in this. But like, do, do you think that's on purpose? I think so. Yeah, I think it's on purpose. But and I I do like him. But like, he gets like so few like moments where he's not just like he's so I don't know pondering his earnest. sense of self. Yeah, and like I that's just that's the Zack Snyder of it all. It's just like it's very he's he's going through it, and it's like I get it, and it works for this movie. But at the same time, like when there's like these bits and pieces where it's not just like like I'm. I'm dealing with everything right now. I'm like, I love this. And then they couldn't, they never really quite managed to get it right in the other movies. I think. Well, like you mean like Christopher Reeves? No, like in the other Zack Snyder movies, because he's just being put in these situations that are very much like, they're not giving him time to be like a normal Superman. Well, Well, that's what is a normal Superman. Right. I know, but I don't know. But like, I just mean like, the Christopher Reeves like did a lot of fun stuff with Clark Kent. I do think his Superman was very serious and earnest, like this one. But we don't get to see him be Clark Kent in this, right? So we don't. That's where his personality, I think, yeah, the character's personality comes out. That's true. I guess I wish we could have seen more of that. But I mean, he's like literally carrying the weight of a planet on his shoulders. Right. I mean, like I two get, planets. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I get that. I know why he is behaving the way he is. But yeah, I guess I wish we had gotten more moments of levity from him. Um, yeah, so I think, um, I think it's kind of a long movie. It's not like the most fun, but I think it holds up as like a quality film. Yeah, I agree. And I think like before some of like my favorite, like DC cinematic movies now are like Shazam. Shazam. (laughs) I like Wonder Woman. Yeah. But like, like, you know, when we're dealing with, it's definitely the best Zack Snyder movie, like I said earlier. And I think this still holds its own amongst the DC cinematic movies. I think it would be made better if they had done a better follow-up movie to this. Yeah. I, I gotta say, I still don't know what they were thinking, not doing a sequel to this. Yeah. I, like, I don't, I don't understand. Well, they, that's why I was saying like, I think it did kind of badly. Right. Or did it? Cause like my memory of it was that people didn't really like it that much. It didn't get great reviews. That's for sure. But, um, it's the, the highest grossing Superman movie of all time. Like people went to go see it because people still like Superman. I just think, you know, they, they did not plan out what they were doing because in, in an ideal world, they wouldn't have gone right to a Batman V Superman movie because they didn't, they weren't going in that direction in this movie at all. Like this was a, this would have been a perfect lead in just for a second one where it's more Superman and Clark antics. Then we do a Batman v Superman if you got it. Like, save it for a bit. 
Also, they like shoehorn Lex Luthor in like later on, and like I think they should have dropped a Lex Luthor hint in this movie, and then done a Lex Luthor movie for the second movie. Right, and then you could still have him like manipulating stuff if you wanted. Yeah, like in the background. I just like yeah. we wasted Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, in my opinion. Yeah, and we are now wasting Henry Cavill as Superman because you got all these people who are like, we want Henry Cavill back, and then they couldn't even get him to show his face on camera for Shazam. Like, you guys have a great Superman. Who loves um, playing Superman. Like, just let him fucking do it. I don't understand. You killed him. You brought him back. Now just... Could have had him be in Peacemaker, you know? It's... I just... I don't get it. Because hasn't he said he like he yes, wants to keep playing? He wants to do it. Yeah. I'm like, this guy will come back for whatever. Just write in the fucking movie. It's so weird to me. Like, you brought him back from life. From the dead, I mean, Seriously. for what? Like, and, you know, I get it. Like, they have problems, like, with the, the Ben Affleck Batman didn't work for a variety of reasons. Justice and that was League mostly didn't work Ben Affleck me. having problems personally and being like, I don't want to do it. When you have Henry Cavill, who's one of the only DC cinematic stars right now not getting in legal trouble. Not yet. And it's just like, hey, guys, I'm just over here doing The Witcher. Like, call me. Him and uh, Shazam are the only... Yep. I, Jason Momoa, I think, is on the... Yeah, no, he's good. Yeah. I'm really just talking about, right, as we're recording this, uh, Ezra, Ezra Miller has just been arrested for the second time in Hawaii, um, so I don't envy their situation. Well, but, plus uh, there's just so many issues with Justice League and the cast there and everyone being unhappy with Joss Whedon. Yeah, things are, things are bad over at uh, Warner Brothers Studios right now, but, like, I just want to like call somebody and be like, you guys got an out right now. Cause if you made a man of steel two and brought Henry Cavill back, everybody will be happy. Yeah. And like do more of like the comic-y bits. Like maybe don't get Zack Snyder to do it, but no. keep it like, keep it in this like mellow world. Yeah. But um, yeah, play with him. I think Henry Cavill can do it. Like he was so funny. And um, was it man from uncle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's got, I, I just don't They know. don't let him flex in this. Nope. I mean, he had some pretty serious moments in this movie, and I think he did them well, like, a little, like, too Zack snyder dramatic, where it's, like, it goes deaf, and it's, like, ah. The whole movie's a little melodramatic. <laughs> yeah. But he has those moments. I just... But I think Superman is melodramatic, like, yeah. as a story. Yeah, but we do get a lot of the Snyderisms. Either way, I'm not out here being, like, hashtag restore the Snyderverse, but I am out here saying restore Henry Cavill. Bring Henry back. Um, what was your favorite scene from the movie? Um, honestly, it's probably the uh, the fight in Smallville. I just really enjoyed seeing like the Zod forces clash against Superman like seriously for the first time, and we get like a, re- a really cool visual effects. Like you were saying, the CGI in this holds up really well. And, you know, I don't have everything gnawing in the back of my mind when they're fighting in Metropolis, blowing up a bunch of people. They only destroy a couple small businesses, like I said. Yeah. But I enjoyed that very much. Is that the one where he's, like, on a roof and he, like, realizes if he takes off his suit, he'll be more powerful? Um, yeah, I think so. Or is that later? That might be later. Uh, yeah, you might be right. I like that part, but I also, like, really like that first scene. Yeah. With Jarrell and... Laura. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, we already talked about it so much, but that was a a great setup scene. That I kind of forgot how much there was of it, so. Just kept on going. 
All of that was good. Um, who could uh, who could take on Superman? Uh, well, Doomsday did, and he won. So that doesn't count. Um, I don't know. Uh, we never. Who do we see fight him in Justice League? Because, well, that's the rest of the Justice yeah. League. None of them could do no, it. No, I, I want to go outside of DC. Like, I would like to see a X-Men versus Superman. Yeah. Because I also think that they would be the ones called in. I mean, I know they're in different universes. Oh, but absolutely. But I mean, that's like part of the whole core problem with Superman is he's so powerful. People don't know what to do with him. And some of the X-Men are probably the only ones that would stand a chance. And even then. It has to be a group effort. Even then. Oh, absolutely. All hands on deck. Get Magneto and his gang in. Like, who could even remotely go one-on-one? Like, no one. I don't know. Uh, Richard Madden's character from Eternals. That one kid says oh, he's basically Superman. he is Superman. And there is, there's another Marvel character who I'm pretty sure is literally just Superman. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but it's like pretty blatant. I think, um, Captain Marvel could hold her own. Uh, yes. Against Superman. I think so. Um, based on like what we've seen her do. She yeah. Can, she can tank a hit from an infinity stone or from Thanos wearing the infinity stones. I think she stands a chance, but there's not too many MCU people that could do it. Um, I mean, the other one is like Scarlet Witch has been shown to be really powerful, but yeah. I don't know what she could do. Like not her yet, not her now, but maybe later she could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I would, I would love to see that. Scary Dr. Strange could. Definitely. Dark, oh, he Dark could. Strange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't even fathom that fight. I mean, he would have to catch him to ensnare him and something like that. And he's pretty fast. So if he can race the flash. Um, yeah, so send us your thoughts. Did you like this movie when it came out? Have yeah. you rewatched was, it? Was it a good start to the, to the Snyderverse, to the DC Cinematic Universe? Did you just watch it because Henry was cute? Tell us. Oh, also, I do have one more fun fact that ties into the, the DC Cinematic Universe before we wrap up. Um, and that is that the role of Feora possibly was offered to Gal Gadot at one point. Oh, wow. Um, she mentioned that she didn't say the specific role, but she was like, I was offered a role in Man of Steel, but she was pregnant at the time. So she didn't uh, take it. Well, it worked out for her. Pretty <laughs> wild though, right? Yeah. Like, and that must've been around the time that she was doing um, Fast and Furious. She wasn't really on that level yet. So Interesting. The right call was made. Well, on that note then, Wonder Woman's next, right? Uh, we got to go through Batman v Superman first, oh, God. but she is in that. Okay. So that's, that's our saving grace. Well, I guess we're looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. I also <laughs> guess we're looking forward to, uh, X-Men, the last stand, which we'll be uh, watching next week. So come back to hear our thoughts on that dumpster fire. And until next time we are out, out of, of the, the superverse. superverse.